Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. Good afternoon. We are not in the car for once. Uh, or a football stadium. We've actually switched sports. I'm normally on that side. Oh, yeah. From, from memory. It's all changed. <laughs> I am Baron Cross, this is Joe Mewis, Leeds United editor at Leeds Live, and you are welcome to Leeds Live Towers, or one part of it. Mm. So yes, we are into summer effectively, the weather is absolutely tremendous today in Leeds, if any of you are around the local area it is absolutely stunning, and with good weather comes less and less football. Um, So we are now into the close season for Leeds United at least, of course there is the, the small matter of a few fairly significant knockout matches across the, the, the coming weekend but we don't need to talk about those too much don't know what you're talking about, Baron. they don't exist in this world <laughs> so um, Leeds United season is over we are now very much into the downtime this will probably be the quietest it will be or, or, or could be over the next two to three weeks barring one particular issue which we'll get on to but aside from that the club itself will be at its quietest there'll be a lot of people away on holiday namely the entire senior playing staff will be trying to cram in holidays where they can because we all know that the pre-season is going to be very, very intense, whoever the boss may be. Um, and we have the small matter of a trip to Australia to fit in as well. So um, no friendlies have yet been announced beyond those two in Australia. Um, you would think, Joe, that we're going to have at least one or two in, in the UK or Europe. Absolutely, um, yeah. Beyond those two, maybe even three. There's, there's, there's rumours that there may be a third announced for Australia, but as it is, all we know is there's going to be two friendlies on July 17th and July 19th, the first of which is Manchester United, a very, very small matter of the, of the Red Devils, and the, the 19th them, yeah. will be uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, Wanderers, not, not Warriors. Warriors, as Baron called them earlier. Yeah, that's right. So, um, this is going to be a bit of a Q&A, isn't it? So this is a chance, yeah. as you guys know, we, we, we quite often go live twice a week, normally after a press conference and after a game, but um, we haven't got any of those, so we thought we would Sadly. open up the airwaves of Facebook to you guys to send in some comments, some statements, some questions, just bounce some ideas off each other and have a bit of a, a two-way or a, or a multiple-way conversation with, with Leeds fans out there who are desperate to know more about what's going on at the club and, and have some, some opinions to wear. Yeah, a bit of a catch-up with you guys. Um, it's been a week um, since we last spoke to you. Um, we probably look a bit more cheery than we were on uh, last Wednesday night. That's at a hell of a long week. We were, uh, we were a bit down. <laughs> I think we spoke to you about half past eleven, wasn't it, on uh, on the Wednesday after the um, that game against Derby. So uh, I think, like a lot of you out there, I had time to sort of take stock. Now it's, it's been more than a week since Leeds lost to Derby. Um, I, I, the pain hasn't necessarily gone away, but I think everyone's feeling slightly better about themselves and sort of slightly more forward-looking. So um, yeah, as Baron said, uh, we put up a call for questions earlier. We've got a few in, so let's kick off. Um, Nigel Lead, uh, he said hello on Facebook. Um, bit of a statement here that we can talk about. He goes, without selling, we will not move forward. Tough choices, I'm afraid. So interesting one here. I think, um, well, we've, we've seen for the last few, last few summers, Leeds generally do have to make one reasonably big player sale, don't they? Last year it was um, Ronaldo Vieira, which effectively paid for Patrick Bamford. Similar sort of fees there. The year before it was Chris Wood, uh, the leading scorer from the year before. Um, we know that the Championship is a loss-making league. You, you can't just stay in this uh, division, especially without parachute payments for years, uh, without feeling the consequences, without needing, needing to, uh, to raise some funds outside of the prize money, which is pretty meagre, especially compared to what, what we see the Premier League has dished out this week. So logic would dictate that, yes, Leeds do need to make a sale, especially if they are going to bring players in. Now, um, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Well, I think there's two ways to look at it. Is it going to be one big sale, right? Cut our losses with someone, or not cut our losses necessarily, but maybe that big, one big mm. player that we try and sell, get over, take the hit. Or the other alternative is to perhaps get rid of a load of fringe players. Yeah. So we'll, we'll take, we'll, yeah, <laughs> both quite lightly. So, Depending um, on which one you raise. One player then, uh, Baron, you have to sell one player. 
judging the amount you could get for a player, their age, I think all this comes into it, doesn't it? Contracts you have to look at. Where they're at in their, their personal career. Yeah, um, there's probably there's one name I know that has been talked about, mm. a certain um, Swedish defender, mm. uh, Pontus Janssen, is probably the first name a lot of fans would say, because you look at his age, you look at the time of his career, he's, he's been passionate, uh, very vocal about what he said about playing in the Premier League. Um, he's getting to that age now, what is he, 28 is he? Um, a full Swedish international, so there should be a market for him there. Leeds have him still under contract for a few years, so uh, there's no question sort of, of his value going down. If Leeds were to sell, this is a player that you could perhaps say he's at the height of his career, and they'll get the most fee for if they were going to sell. Now, mm. obviously, we're not saying they are going to sell him. Uh, he's been quite um, vocal as ever, um, talking in the Swedish press. His brother as well sort of champions his cause quite a lot on um, social media, mm. Peter Jansson. Um, he sort of poo-pooed any of these rumours that are going around. He's, um, it's news to him if Pontus is going, he says. Um, but yeah, do you think, Beren, that that would be the right sort of sale? Would you, would you be sorry to see Pontus go? Do you think the kind of money you'd get for him would, would fund their season? It's, it's, it's really tricky, isn't it, Joe? As you, as you alluded to, I think um, if we are going to be selling somebody um, as previous transfer markets, transfer windows would suggest Leeds may well do then, and certainly Pontus is, is one of very few saleable assets. Um, I mean, yeah. if, if you actually look at the Leeds United squad, uh, their ages, what they've achieved in their careers so far beyond the season we've just had, there aren't too many who you would consider to have huge transfer um, prices. Um, going yeah. rates. I think if you were to look at um, players who, who might fetch north of ten million pounds, um, you know, Chris Wood went for eleven, did he? Um, slightly more, I think, with clauses. Yeah. 15, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I think if we're if we're looking at that sort of value, then there aren't that many, to be honest. Um, it's probably very few in the championship in, as a whole, um, given given the stature of that division and, and how it compares with the Premier League. But Pontus certainly does leap out as an obvious asset which you could sell and maybe see a future beyond. Um, we did a keep or sell piece um, on Sunday, so we put together all 53 senior names which, which spring out as, as senior players at Leeds United. Uh, I've had a squad number, played for the first team, uh, been in matchday squads with Bielsa this week, which of course has opened up a, a whole new list of players from the 23. Yeah. So we looked at that on Sunday, and, and I made the argument that if you, if you really were having to sell somebody, um, looking to, to, to raise capital for, for other players to maybe sell one and bring in two or three, then, then Pontus Janssen does stand out as the obvious choice. I think the other one that stands out that I'd be far less willing to see there would be, would be Calvin Phillips. Um, he is a, a young man who has had an absolutely astonishing season. Um, one of many that have had a transformative campaign under Marcelo Bielsa and, and with his age, the position he plays in, how well he has filled that position, yeah. he would be hugely sought after in the Premier League and the rumours have already started. So Pontus, yeah, uh, he's 28, he's still got a number of years, I think three years still to run his contract. So the club is in a very, very strong position when it comes to, to, to selling him, if the, if, the, if the offers do come. The reason Pontus stands out is that, is that he is somebody from the outside looking in who is regularly linked with other clubs in the summer. Whether there's anything in it or not, he is somebody that, that whether they like it or not, is linked around and, and is seen as this... Scandinavian towering centre-back that could feasibly step into a Premier, the, the, the right sort of Premier League side. Um, he's a full Sweden international, you know, he's, he's played at World Cups, he's played at European Championships and at 28 he's arguably at the peak of his powers either now or at least next season or the season after. So you would think that if he was going to go, maybe after his third Championship disappointment may yeah. well be the time to go because he's a very, very passionate guy. He clearly thinks a lot of Leeds United and he is somebody who is very, very vocal about winning promotion to the Premier League. Now, if every player sort of stuck around for as long as, as their ambitions allow them to, then we probably have a few more one-club players. But in this day and age, yeah. Pontus Janssen is going to be a very ambitious man. Um, his next move, if he does make another move, will, will be the biggest of his career. He will, he will make a, a lot of money if he moves mm. before the age of 31 or 32. You know, that This will be his big move and you would think if he believes he's capable of playing in the Premier League, which I'm sure he believes he does, given his his own so he ego himself, and then confidence, he would back himself. Then he has he has got to look at it and think that if he is ever going to play in the Premier League, it may well have to be this summer or next summer at most that he makes that move. You know, does does I suppose it comes down to whether he really believes 
he can afford to wait over the season. I think most of us feel, as long as not much changes and Bielsa sticks around, Leeds United will be there or thereabouts again in 12 months' time. Mm. It's just in Pontus's head, does he want to take that gamble and, yeah. and, and, and gamble another year of his life on the championship with Leeds United? Yeah. Um, so I think if you were looking to raise capital, of the options that are there, be the ones that jump out are Kamar Roof and Jack Clark, but again, like Calvin, they would be sort of a long way down the list in comparison to Pontus, especially given the money that Pontus could generate. Yeah, that's it. And going back to Phillips, I mean, he's undoubtedly, I'd say, the most valuable asset in, the, in this in, squad. In, in, with the way the, the transfer market works nowadays. I, th- I think so. He's young, age. English, um, in that position. Um, Look at Lloyd Kelly. Exactly, Lloyd Kelly. Kelly th- £13 million pounds he went for. So, you know, you're definitely talking at least eight figures for Calvin Phillips, but I think his loss would be hard to get over than, than Janssen. Um, we've seen Leeds juggling these defensive injuries all season. You know, yeah. um, Janssen didn't miss too much time. You know, obviously Berardi missed most of the season. Yeah. Cooper, Cooper was in and out. He had a bit of an injury around um, December, didn't he? Um, but I think Leeds miss Calvin Phillips far more than just about anyone in that in that side when he's not there and playing in that role and he's not ticking. He's the sort of player that you think Bielsa would like to sort of build upon. So I, I think um, he's, he's the one who needs to stay. Um, in terms of, I mean, is it feasible, Baron, to think that Leeds will be able to um, bring in much from the, from the loan players? It's not been a vintage year for Leeds' sort of loan mm-hmm. army. Um, there, there's murmurings from Turkey that um, Traspon Spore are going to uh, yeah. pull, pull the trigger on the <laughs> Kelebekiban um, clause they have. None more so than on their official Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, that's very <laughs> true. <laughs> Straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're looking, was it, is it a million, two million, I think? I think so. That's yeah, part so yeah, if you, is the, the better method to try and get, you know, three or four of those, get some wage bill, you know, three or four wages off, off the payroll, that could be quite an effective way and then maybe yeah. you don't need to you know, have this sort of big blockbuster sale. That's Perhaps, I mean, having done the keep or sell piece, it is, um, I think at my count, there was maybe 17 or 18 players from that 53 that I, I suggested that needed to be moved on permanently. Mm-hmm. Clearly it's harder than it sounds as Victor yeah. Auto fan last season. Um, clearly Bielsa came in. Um, was it June 15th in the end? Uh, June 15th was the, towards the day it was signed. Yeah. So, um, probably about three weeks away from the anniversary so in, in terms of the transfer window he's still got a fair bit of the window to move players on but clearly there was a lot of upheaval we had to get Bielsa in we had to get his feet under the table he had to look at the players I mean, he had to take two or three weeks to actually work out which players he wanted to keep who he wanted to move down to the 23s and who needed to move on and Victor Orta I'm sure would have wanted a few more permanent sales last summer there are quite a few um, especially moved on quite late I think off the top of my head Anita Wasim Boy Ekuban they were all very, very late in the yeah. summer and they were clearly yeah. quite problematic in terms of getting them out of the door because whether I mean, you'd like to sell them, if you can't sell them, at least get them off the wage bill or at least a percentage of their wage off the wage yeah. bill, which of course is what happened with, with the vast majority of them in the summer. Very, very mixed success for a lot of these loan players. Malik Wilkes was a big success. Um, He's the big one really, isn't he, I think? Yeah, and, and he probably one of those actually comes back. So in terms of those that you actually want to move on again, permanently if you can there's very few that have actually done very much to kind of boost their value or to attract suitors but it's the world of football and there's always somebody out there looking for a particular player for the right price so I think all it does is it maybe Mm. does just knock off a bit more money off the asking price for a few of these players if you really do want to get them out of the door so yeah I think I think there's 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 a large number of players that that, that most people would be perfectly content with losing permanently but it's just like say Joe how much we realistically look to raise from them. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these guys are, are north of 30. Vernon Eats, off the top of my head, is, is certainly the wrong side of 30 for um, for an ageing veteran who will still give mm-hmm. quite a lot of money. Yeah, and didn't set, didn't set the Vita, world on, Vita on fire, did he, this no, year? No, so I, I think uh, it will be interesting to see what they want to do. A lot of it, as ever, will, will come down to who they actually want to bring in and how much capital do they realistically need to raise. The... the the key phrase at the moment seems to be revolving around the Premier League loan market. That clearly yeah. seems to be another focus. It was a big focus last year, of course. The only permanent signings, correct me if I'm wrong, were um, Barry Douglas, Patrick yeah. Bamford. That's it, they were the two. Were they, mm. Was it only two permanents in the end? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's the window. And obviously, Keith so, Oaks here in, in January. There was, there was a clear willingness to go into Premier League clubs and, and take on the players that they didn't want to play um, yeah. to... to 
probably little success to be honest. Jack yeah. Harrison was in on to play regularly and the jury is certainly out on, on how he performed on the season as a whole. So they, they certainly do need to get more from that loan market, but if you're going down the loan market, you're not going to need a lot of capital. Uh, in this day and age, you do need some you money up front. You need a big, bit there of a chunk, don't you? Yeah. These Premier League clubs don't dish out these youngsters for free anymore. They yeah. do want fees, even if you're not keeping them permanently. Um, the obvious examples are Mason Mount and Harry Wilson. We may not get those players exactly, but that is the, the sort of impact you want to have from, from young Premier League yeah. players. Yeah, I think that's probably what Leeds thought they, would have, they were getting with Lewis Baker. Yeah, Fits this profile, England youth international. Um, but he he was he was a little bit older than sort of your likes of Wilson and Mount. So we've actually got a piece on on the website which you can read at the moment. Um, we've had a sort of a, a scour around the top top six big six clubs in the Premier League. Who might be available? Who's you know perhaps that sort of year younger than uh, than the players who've gone out this year and who might be there? So so do have a look there. Um, got a question here from um, Phil Hogarth. Um, he's made a few points here. So uh, he says he's done his moping after last week. And he's now looking forward to, to next season. So his number one priority, get Bielsa on board for another mm -hmm. season. We'll talk about that next. Mm -hmm. But the rest from Phil. Uh, after that, we need to knock back bids for our top stars. Roof, Clark, Pontus, Shacks, and Phillips must be with us come August. Lastly, we need a few new recruits. I'm aware money is tight, but we could really do with a winger to replace Harrison and a top goal scorer. If these points are met, we'll romp the league, MOT. Um, so... Phil makes a few points there, but I think the big one we've got to talk about is the future of Marcelo Bielsa. Yeah. Um, we knew going into the end of the season, he'd, he'd been asked about it plenty. We knew, sort of, Leeds haven't been explicit with his contract, but it's, it's very clear that um, his contract is, in effect, a series of three sort of one-year deals with um, Leeds having the option to, um, to extend at the end of each year. So Bielsa, when asked about it during the season, he said, it's not time to talk about it. And then towards, towards the end of the year, he, he softened a bit and he, he told us that... Um, it's not up to him, and if the club want to keep him, which we sort of scoff at, of course they do, um, if they want to keep him, he, he's going to have to have a proposal mm. submitted to him and they'll talk from there. And I think that's where we're at at the moment. Um, last weekend, pictures all across social media of uh, Bielsa and Victor Orta in the Sky Lounge, which is just over there. We can actually oh, is that almost there? see it. Uh, not quite, there's a building in front, but we can nearly see it from our window. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he was pictured there. Um, Looked like a, a working lunch or, or a working coffee or working mate, whatever they were drinking. Definitely a mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, papers everywhere. So, um, which leads you to think they are on the stages of sort of thrashing out what next year will be because that'll be part of the proposal. You know, it's not just here's how much we're going to pay you, Marcelo. Do you want to do the job? You know, it's it's a deep dive into how the clubs are going to be run for the next twelve months is what they're looking at. And um, Andrea Radrazani has spoken about it this week. He popped up on Talksport. Um, yesterday on Thursday his favourite radio station yep yep talking to his old pal Jim White <laughs> they obviously go well back he's been on a few times <laughs> in the last um, couple of years uh, he said the next few days will be decisive is the, mm. uh, the word he used um, he said this, this clause in the contract runs until the end of May so we are the 24th of May today so we have exactly a week left of the month um, and he, he said I think he said we're hopeful that something will be done didn't really share a lot of details apart from that though um, you know, said things need to be sorted out. Um, asked if he was optimistic, he sort of blanked the question. Just said, "We will make a statement mm. when we're going to make a statement." Basically, so um, yeah, I suppose you came away from that feeling a little bit disheartened, maybe because we Perhaps. were very bullish, weren't we? Yeah, I'm not, I still, if you, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd say I think he's going to stay. Mm. Um, I know afterwards there was again a lot of rumours on social media, which is why you shouldn't believe everything you, you read on social media. Um, I had people messaging me about, have you heard he said his goodbyes at Ellen Road? Which, no, not heard anything at all with that. In fact, later on that night, pictures of him emerged shopping in what looks to me very much like uh, Morrison's in Weatherby. Oh, really? um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's more. Still getting his groceries. He's not getting perishable. Exactly. Yeah. Morrison's if he's not sticking around. No, exactly. You know. We need to know. Did he have milk? <laughs> did he have bread? Yeah. Did he have fruits? Of course he will have. Yeah. Not just tin goods. <laughs> he, he's not getting Waitrose to deliver because that's that's not very Bielsa. Um, so yeah, he's obviously you know they are they are in sort of the final phases. You think of, of talking his contract out and. And yeah, I'm, I'm still reasonably confident, I think, that, that he's, he's going to stay, you know, he's, um, he's a very honourable man, you yeah. know, that he doesn't, his, his brother spoke a while ago, said he doesn't break contracts, obviously there has been a couple of, um, uh, sort of, a um, couple of worrying exits to point to precedence, there was uh, the Lazio situation, 
but he never got going there. I, I think that's we can't really draw it too much into that. He barely had his first marathon. Exactly. Yeah. So 48 hours in Lazio, and then he was gone, and then it was um, that second season at Marseille when he sort of one game, quit it? after the first game of the second season. But yeah. I'm still reasonably confident from, from what we've heard that, that Bielsa does want to stay, does want to finish the job. Um, what about you, Baron? Yeah, I've been, I've been off the grid for a few days, so um, I've not been um, especially on top of Radozani's comments. I've been, been away and enjoying a bit of sunshine in yeah, the south of the country. So I've come back and um, basically kept on top of the headlines, um, some of the more salient points. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose we have to give credit to Andre for being, for being honest. I mean, yeah. Privately, he may be very, very confident, and they have had some very, very constructive meetings with um, with Marcelo or, or Victor, especially. And regardless of what's gone in those meetings, until the ink is is uh, is daubed upon the uh, upon the contract, rajasthan has got to sort of play it a little bit, sort of a coy, I suppose. Um, yeah. I, I am. I'm still yet to see anything which which is terminal or anything that really scares me. Uh, Morrison's definitely cheers me. That cheers my soul. Man needs to eat, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, as I've said on Twitter, you know, at the weekend there was the, the rumours from Roma, which amounted to nothing more than Roma appreciating him as a coach, and there, there was there was nothing beyond. I mean, I think it went didn't go beyond basically adding his name to a quite a long short list of, of potential replacements for Ranieri. So that didn't particularly panic me, and it did draw me to reflect upon. Um, what we've heard from Bielsa this year and how he's spoken about the area, the city, the people, the club, the players. He's very, very close to the players. He loves his players. Um, was it pains to say that, that nobody was hurting more than his players after that defeat to Derby County last Wednesday? God, it feels like longer than last Wednesday, doesn't it? I know, eight days ago, long, eight, nine days ago. So I remain very confident still. Uh, we do not have a time frame on it. We didn't know there was this expiry date on it. So we're now on the, the 24th of May, so there are 31 days in May. That's right, the, we have a ticking so clock now. A week today, we've got to get the widget going. We've got to get the countdown time. We do, now, don't we, on yeah. The, on the website. So I mean, the, the flip side to that is that Leeds wouldn't want it dragging into June no, anyway. Exactly. You know, worst case scenario, yeah. goes, at least we would know. By yeah, the 1st of yeah. June. You, you don't want to be in the middle of June still. Yeah, hammering out the fine details. To do that to no, no. For that. I mean, the, the initial contract did take a bit of time, didn't it? From what we yeah, were aware, um, the rumours with Bielsa started. Um, it was the day before Heckingbottom was sacked, and uh, that was on June the first. So the day before oh, that, that's crazy. the end was, was nice for, for Hecky when, when those stories started. That was when the rumours about um, Bielsa did start. They first emerged in the Spanish press. And we know now um, that. Uh, combinations of Radozani, Angus Kinnear and Victor Orta all went over to uh, Buenos Aires to meet with him at various points. Um, so that was quite protracted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was a, a fairly sort of protracted um, thing. So now now that he is here, he knows the club, you know, he knows what to expect, mm. um, knows what he's working with. I like to I think, think that, that because that took longer, this will take less time. Yeah. The, yeah. the groundwork is already there in place. They've, yeah. they've had an agreement in place. The club knew where Bielsa stood 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. He's not the sort of guy to completely change things and, and want something completely different. Yeah. He's just going to want 5% here and there in terms of, not financial, um, an extra 5% maybe in sort of um, speeding up the development work at the training ground maybe, so, or yeah. more sleep pods, or yeah. more light switches being aligned, um, or more <laughs> litter being picked up in the car park. That's it, yeah. He wants... He wants you, just just a little tweak, tweaks here and now, I think, and, and, I, and I suppose you know he, he's a guy who's picked up. He, he's a year wiser. You know, he's, he, he knows a lot more about the championship now. He can ask things of the, the top brass that, that maybe he couldn't have asked twelve months ago because he didn't know about them, or he maybe he understands now what else is needed to be successful in the championship. So I think because last summer did take so long, they are going to be very much on the same page, if not sort of slightly sort of skew whiff in terms of just turning another page over. So. Mm. We will wait and see, um, yeah. but um, we remain confident yeah. in the Leeds live office. Cautious optimism, I think, is the best way to do that. Um, right, let's, you've been firing your questions in, so that's brilliant, thank you. We'll, uh, we'll wrap through a few of them now. Uh, Gary yeah, McMenamin, Gary, too. you're a regular viewer, uh, good to see you back on again. Uh, who do you think we would sell, uh, which key players? Just been discussing that really. So, Should we fire um, off a few names? A few, well, a few more names of who Leeds should sell, yeah. Baron here is... They, they will sell. Has, brought up the uh, the keep or sell article which he, he wrote um, at so, the weekend so, which you can see on the website still 
clearly we don't know who they will sell because we can't predict the future but there are yeah. some logical guesses you can make so yeah. um, having done the keep or sell article which again we will plug yeah um, so again i think jansen is, a, is certainly a candidate i don't think they will sell him or or are likely to sell him i think he's a candidate berardi is a big one linked with uh, brescia this, really? uh, in the italian press um, does he want to give up to Chile? So that would be a Chilino reunion, um, which would be a bit crazy. Obviously, they, they got promoted Serie A this season. I mm. uh, don't know if that's just some sort of uh, Italian journalist joining with dots, well, perhaps. Berardi certainly feels like the, that would be the emotional exit of the, of the summer. I think yeah. that's one where sort of maybe all parties would, have, would understand why it was happening, but also just be like, it's a sad goodbye, but we understand why it's happening. Yeah, he's got, he's got one year left on his deal. He's 30. 30. So, again, like we're saying, if he, if he does want to play top flight football again, this, this opens the door for him. Um, I mean, I wrote a piece on Berardi early this week, and I'm sort of I feel the need is, is continuity that, that Leeds need to do. You know, you, you can't sell or sell Janssen or sell Berardi or sell you know Forshaws, perhaps another player you might name in a minute. Um, it it doesn't need that this squad for the first time in a long time. Leeds United don't need to overreact this mm. you know this, um, this summer. We could go into the season with the same head coach yeah. for the first time in nine years this year, it's as long as we else stay. Yeah. So, continuity is a watchword here. Um, it's definitely good to listen to the counter mm-hmm. argument, isn't it? Yeah. There is certainly an argument for keeping a lot of these yeah. a lot of these players who maybe are suffering from from short term yeah. short termism. I mean, oh, so, I mean, Bradley's the perfect example there. That you say short termism. The last thing we've seen him do was a needless red card in the biggest game of the season. Mm-hmm. Stupid decision by him. He'll, I'm sure, he would front up. And, and, and say, you know, he's a very honest player. You can imagine say, spending the first five days of his summer break sitting in a dark, dark room, room dark staring room. at the wall, hitting yeah. it. Yeah, curtains drawn. There's a um, bloody sort of, <laughs> sort of hole in his wall. That's it. But before that, we forget, especially at the start of the season, from um, before his, his lengthy injury, he was excellent. You know, yeah, he, he was. moved into centre-back by Bielsa, not, not a role he, he played that much before, and, and really good, like, great on the ball, um, very mobile. Yeah. Um, perhaps lacks the sort of the, the physical presence that Pontus Janssen would have, but he, it really suited the style of football he's played in those early weeks. And if anything, I revisited the player ratings from the from the first Derby County game at Pride Park in August, and, and he was one of those that, that came out with an eight or a nine out of ten. I mean, he, mm. he really was at the heart of that side. That, that was when Janssen was on the bench, and yeah. we didn't see a place for Janssen. Yeah. And Berardi and Cooper were doing phenomenally. So yeah, I, yeah. I totally see the other side of the yeah. argument with Berardi. Um, we've done a lot of this on the podcast, so we won't we won't spend a lot of time going through names. But I mean, there's fringy players like Hugo Diaz. I mean, Gary. Going back to the question, Gary's made the point: who yeah. will we sell? I mean, there's players like this who who may well move on permanently or on loan that may not fetch a lot of money. Yeah, Debock, Shaughnessy. These are all players that are certainly like Pavi O'Connor, Louis Coyle. Is Louis Coyle at the end of his the end of his end of his line? He's 23 now. Mm. Um, Tyler Denton there's just players that you might have forgotten about people like Tyler Denton are still in the books as, mm. as, as permanent players at 23 Tyler Denton is not going to be Leeds United's first choice left back ever it's very unlikely isn't it it's just it's, it, surely he would want to go he, it's going to be better for his these career. guys yeah. want to have a career in football they want mm. to you know, put roots down somewhere and be a club legend somewhere you know, they, they want to be a guy that is the first name on the team sheet um, for sure is, is one we can debate about we won't, we won't spend a lot of time on that now but anyway, we, we did I, I've, podcast, actually, I have pitched mm. for sure and Alioski maybe but I know Alioski's got a lot of support still um, any more obvious names going through all the youngsters Idiguchi, mm. Oriol Ray Saiz I mean that is somebody who could fetch five or six million based on what Hetafe had agreed yeah, well, yeah. Has that dropped off a little bit? I, th- I think we might need to uh, revise that, that five or six million downwards slightly. Anita, Sacco, yeah. Wasim Boy, Sibitsky, Grot has got a few detractors. Yeah. Um, and then people like Sam Dolby, Caleb Ekibad, Alex yeah. Machuca. So there's there's a lot of names in there, but again, it goes back to the ones that are really going to put a put a big plus point on Marisani's bank balance or Leeds United's bank balance. You look at your Pontuses, your Calvins, your Kamars, your Jack Clarks. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot out there that is going to bring in five million plus um, in, in one fell swoop. Yeah, cool. Uh, Marcus May. Hello, Marcus. Another regular. Hello, Marcus. Uh, anything in Clark to Spurs or just paper talk? So again, this is something that's been out there um, your this, this week. Yeah, um, I think we all know that Jack Clark is going to attract interest. He did like he did last um, last year. January, Manchester City had been watching him since I think before he'd signed his pro deal with Leeds. Um, I think Spurs were linked in January as well, weren't they? 
what I've met in I think, I think yeah. there was, we spoke to a few people close to Jack Clark and I was told that I think all but one or two of the Premier League had at least looked at him. Now clearly looking at a player is very different to picking up the phone and putting, yeah. sending a cheque to Andrea. So uh, it's only natural. If, if you're a yeah. young English player, again, like the Calvin argument, if you're yeah. a young English player pulling up trees in the Championship, Premier League clubs would not be doing their due diligence if they weren't having a look. Yeah. So well, I think it doesn't go beyond reports saying that they might be preparing a That's bid. That's it, yeah. There's We've, not even a bid on the there's, table. There's no bid on the table yet. Um, don't think we need to worry too much. Um, I'm sure Jack Clark will have a lot of people around him telling him that the best thing for his development would be to stay at Leeds. You know, I honestly Mills. believe that's the case. We've just put a story up on the website, Danny Mills telling him that. Um, you know, you, you can see the likes of how Calvin Phillips has excelled in this Leeds United team coming up through the ranks. Uh, so, yeah, f- fingers crossed because um, Leeds do want to hang on to their, their best young talent. I know Clark perhaps didn't have the best of times towards the end of the season never quite got back to his uh, early season self after he fell ill against nice. Middlesbrough but summer off recharge the batteries um, get a good pre-season under his belt and I, I think he could he'll be, be extraordinary next year I think yeah he'll, he'll be one of these players that um, Rad Vazani obviously in his comments earlier in the week mentioned the academy when talking about transfers yeah. so it's players like Jack Clark if you know if Leeds can get 30 games out of him next season 30 games plus he'll be like a new signing and uh, I know fans don't always want to hear that because they think it's when a chairman says PR that, it's, it's PR talk, it's, it's trying to sort of get away with something on the cheap. But, you know, to bring in a player like Clark would, would cost a decent chunk of money, you know. So, so yeah, so fingers crossed um, we'll be seeing plenty more of him next season. Um, Russ Vernon, hello again, Russ. You're a, you're a regular. Do you, think, what do you have, think will happen with Bielsa? I think he'll stay. Just thought about that. Yeah, we're, as we said, we're quietly confident. Um, I'm liking the next one. Yeah, Gary Sudderby. Do you think Leeds will be challenging for promotion next season? I'm going to say yes. I'm not going to think about that too hardly. I think um, year two of Bielsa, after he's um, had a, a year of education in the Championship. It's funny because obviously we knew he arrived here having watched every single game on video yeah. today, done his due diligence. Um, I was revisiting his first press conference the other day and he, he said, um, I know as much uh, as anyone could possibly know about Leeds United who has just come here, like, he backed himself there. Um, but doing that research and actually living it for a year is, is very different. Oh, yeah. So He now know, knows what it's like to go down to Swansea on a Tuesday night. That's it, and he, yeah, he knows all the cliches, and he knows, he knows the personalities of his squad. Cause he knows that's how windy Stoke is. Yeah, yeah, totally. He now knows <laughs> how to apply tactics to a windy Stoke. Yeah, yeah, so, um, so with all that, you know, accumulated knowledge of the, of the last year, I think he's going to have a very good idea of what's in store for him. Um, I spoke earlier about continuity and I think continuity in the squad you know they, they, they weren't far off they, they were literally five or six chances put away they'd be in the Premier League by now isn't it it's, it's that but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got one here from Alan O'Brien who has said Gale yes or no now I've not really been across the Dwight Gale so I haven't spoken to you Joe it's, it's <laughs> almost one of these that's just come from nothing yeah, I one put, person's put his name on Twitter and it's just caught light. I put a piece up on, on the site earlier this week, um, which you, you ask, uh, was it Alan, sorry? You, you, Alan, you asked uh, the question. Alan O'Brien, yeah. Yes or no? No. If you want to give me a one-word answer, uh, I will say no. Um, I think it was the timing of it. A lot of people saw West Ham dumped out the playoffs, same time as Leeds. They saw the reports of West Brom. Sorry, West Brom, yeah. They saw that West Brom um, weren't going to be buying him um, from Newcastle. And they thought, well, you know, he's, he's just, just what Leeds need. And I think every club in the Championship w- would, would like to sign Dwight Gale, but his wages, you know, he's on 40 grand plus a week. Oh, it would yeah. take eight-figure nice, transfer yeah. fee to land him. Um, there's, there's, there's a reason that West Brom only took him on a loan last summer. Yeah. They can't afford him. Well, their, their um, director of football um, came out and he, and he said, this is Premier League wages. We cannot pay Premier League wages. And this is West Brom, who were relegated 12 months ago, with 100 million quid in their back pocket, a 40 million parachute payment um, coming up in the next few weeks, and they can't afford him. Whereas we've obviously we've just spoken about how this, you know, is a, a loss-making league. Leeds will need to, if they're going to spend big, they will need to fund it somehow. So, um, I mean, what swapping for Calvin Phillips or something? That might be the only way you can do it—a like-for-like swap. That's but, the money you're looking at. But yeah. that's the financial terms, and I don't think Leeds want to do that. So, and does no. Dwight Gale really want to have another seat? Is, is Dwight Gale, if you do manage to get an offer somehow accepted by Newcastle, is Dwight Gale and his agent in a position where they want to sit down with the Championship Club and make it easy 
mm. for a championship club to take him. You know, unless they are going to almost raise his his wages. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you've got to make it attractive to somebody like Dwight Gale to want to drop down into the championship. I mean, he should be quite content sitting on his big money at Newcastle on the bench, getting on every so often, especially if he don't get wronged on. Um, he played quite a bit for Newcastle uh, this season. I suppose was is it still this season? We I think we're still this season until the playoffs finish. Yeah. We're still this yeah. season. So last season. He played quite a bit for Newcastle in the Premier League, so I think there's going to be. Mm. I mean, again, even if you had an offer accepted, that is not going to be an easy contract to negotiate, especially yeah. if you're a Championship club. I mean, you're more looking at clubs like Norwich and that that are going up. I mean, clubs like Norwich, um, Sheffield United. I mean, Sheffield United maybe. I mean, they're suddenly going to have money they've had in their history, and they're going to need to think about logical ways of spending it. That is a more likely destination for Dwight Gale. Yeah. What else we got there? Daz um, Newton, hello Saint and Greavesy, have you got that one? Yeah, there he is again. Hi Daz. He's, he's sticking with Saint and Greavesy now, but that's probably slightly more what complimentary. Did, did he say you were George Dawes? George Dawes and Harry Kane, okay. was that it? Yeah, your appearance has Very also... Very simple. Yeah, your, your appearance has also been uh, flagged up by um, Rodney Eastall. Very smart mm. today, Baron. Baron, oh, Baron loves to wear a tie. Um, I know, it's... Um, he's smarter than I am, I'll be honest. I was going to say, I thought the, the dress code might pop up. I mean, yeah. It's clear that we don't have a strict dress code. <laughs> We don't. Um, I've got a collar on at least. You know, it's not. You know, it's not sort of. I'm sad, very much it? the exception. I'm the only one in the office yeah, that does wear a tie. Yeah. So Jerry's very much the norm. I'm it's, the exception. It's 2019 now. We can. Uh, We're in a co-working we, space. We, we, we don't need people. To, as a grown man, you don't need someone telling you how to dress. That's, <laughs> that's what I say. That's my look on it. Uh, what else we got? Um, Aaron McCaw, another uh, another familiar name. Hi, Aaron. Really enjoyed the live videos this year after games. Keep up the good work, lads. Thanks, Aaron. That's great. Uh, what else have we got here? Just look at things we haven't covered already. Um, Scott Rees new. Um, I would get rid of Pontus. I don't think he's as good as made out. We need someone like Mings. So Ooh, Tyrone Mings. Uh, I like that. Be... I, would, um, <laughs> I think. I mean, I think Scott is is touching on something there. I think that you know, again, we've we've looked at these these we've put this keep or sell piece. We keep banging on about. There's there's a there is a, a sort of a survey in that story for fans to actually yeah. go in there and give us their their take and. There's, there's actually a little bit of traction and, and, and probably more people suggesting um, Janssen, they'd be willing to see Janssen go than maybe some of the other sort of guaranteed first-teamers. So yeah. I, think, I think fans are aware and are not naive enough to think that, that, that Pontus is, they cannot go. You know, the world will yeah. end with Pontus Lee. I think there's a lot of people out there who realistically look at it and think, yeah, he's 28. He is a Sweden international. He has been in the championship for three years, mm. trying his damnedest with Leeds United. And yeah. Leeds United do have to raise capital somehow. And Pontus, given that we've got Cooper and maybe Brady, will sign a new deal. Yeah. Phillips can even slot in there. Centre backs are probably easier to find at this level than than say a playmaker, yeah. deep line playmaker. Yeah. I mean. Just a random name out there. Kyle Bartley has done nothing at West Brom, mm. and yet you know Leeds United fans were were, were were gasping for him last summer. I mean, that is, is just an example mm. of a good, solid Championship centre back. You could go and get this this um, this summer for for a, a quite uh, an amenable fee. Mm. So I think I think fans are, are very much yeah. aware that Pontus is somebody that they could live without if, and, if he wanted to move. An interesting comment here from uh, Matt Gardner, who's someone we both know. Hi, Matt. Thanks for the nice comments about me, by the way. But this one is about Pontus. Um, Pontus's behaviour in that Villa match, trying to defend the goodwill goal, showed he might be a bit more detached from the others. Would be a shame to lose him, not surprised. So I think um, that there is there is certainly a section of Leeds United fans mm. that don't see Pontus as they seem as you know, Leeds could live without him. I think so. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Uh, what else have we got here, Baron? It's all very transfery, isn't it? One loan we should consider if possible. Ethan Ampadu at Chelsea, the centre back yeah. I think we could do with, and would love us to go for Dwight Gale if possible on loan. Ethan Ampadu, uh, in a previous life, I was a sports journalist in Devon, and Ethan Ampadu came through Exeter City's heralded youth system, which of course players there, they? created Matt Grimes. That's right. Yeah, know he's, he's got some very mixed reviews <laughs> in West Yorkshire. Say that name too loudly around here. Um, and I saw a little bit of Ampadu. Um, in Devon with, yeah. with Exeter and um, he's, he's quite diminutive when you first see him um, he's, he's actually not the biggest I mean he's only young so he will fill out a little bit but in terms of height wise he's not the biggest centre back but he is very technically sound mm. um, very much in the Calvin Phillips mould um, he, he can spray a pass 50-60 yards um, close running thing in the hairstyle 
That's a very good point. There, yeah. Calvin. Yeah. I think I think one of one of the key things about young players is how quickly they progress through their their national teams. I mean, Declan Rice is yeah. rapidly progressing through the England system. Mason Mount, of course, was in the England squad mm-hmm. um, at one point last season. And for Wales, Ethan Ampadu, I know Wales are dealing with a different talent pool, but Ethan Ampadu at the age of 16, I want to say, 17, he was in the, the senior squad. I mean, this guy can play. Um, and of course, the fact Chelsea, as any decent Premier League club will do, uh, poached him from Exeter through a tribunal. Exeter got absolute peanuts for him. And he's been on the, on the bench um, and playing in their, their League Cup team um, over this season for Chelsea. So... Ethan Ampadu is certainly maybe somebody on the radar for championship clubs. He is at the age now where maybe he's had a year or two with, the, with the, their 23s and will be looking for first-team football. Mm. And I think he definitely does fit that mould that we were talking about, that the Harry Wilsons and Mason Mount of this world. Ethan Ampadu will not be a regular for their first team next season. So you would think he is certainly on a list of young players who will be pushed out on loan. Um, Chelsea obviously are well known for their loan players will In- Chelsea dare loan us a player again thank you Jimmy. my next one is going to be interesting yeah. dynamic with, with, with Leeds of course is that yeah. we've got quite a chequered history with Chelsea loan players yeah we, we broke Jamal Blackman uh, yeah. physically broke his leg we uh, just sent back Lewis Baker or well he, just, he decided to go because he, uh, he wasn't playing mm-hmm. and Izzy Brown I think ended up with five touches of the ball in a Leeds United shirt yeah so you'd like to think that Chelsea still feel they can trust Leeds United because yeah, it's not all clear cut. But but yeah, good name though, Paul. You should be a football scout. Yeah, he is actually on. Uh, I spoke about oh, the, the list earlier. We no. did of uh, six players Leeds could look at, and he's one of them on there. So yeah, if top marks there. And if you were looking at centre back, he's yeah. a certain sort of guy that could. He's a Bielsa centre back. He can play with the ball yeah. and yeah. his feet. Um, Scott Reese again. We need to look at top. Uh, we need to look at top players in the leagues below because Bielsa can turn. We were just saying that um, Don Smith has suggested looking to the continent for bargains. Now, mm. the, the trouble with the continent and the various news sources around the world is, um, is of course, that, that some are more reliable than others. And Victor Orta has got a, an interesting recent history with, with, with European players. Yeah, yeah. Um been some successes. I mean, Sami Saiz was a success for a long time, wasn't it? Um, you know, that didn't work out because of sort of, you know, uh, personal reasons and everything. Um, it was a strange one, because he, he came in that first summer two years ago. Um, and we, we were speaking to you on a day after the second anniversary of Rabazani taking charge, so he, he came in shortly after that. Um, and he had to do just sort of, it wasn't panic stations, but he didn't have his feet under the table. Um, Leeds had no scouting set up. And he just had to like scour Europe yeah. for, for all the players he could. You know, he, he didn't have sort of a, a decent backroom team working in here uh, at Leeds because Chilino had sort of um, decimated all the, the scouting setup. So it was a bit of a trolley dash in a way that first summer for Orta. But I think generally his, his signings have improved, haven't they? Um, Klitsch is a great example. Klitsch was a good example, yeah. Uh, I mean, the jury is probably still out on last summer. Um, the permanent ones, Douglas and Bamford, you'd say, isn't it? The, the, um, the beauty we have is that, is that with Bielsa, you would feel if anybody can polish a turd, yeah, it's Bielsa. It. Yeah, you think yeah. That even if we brought somebody in who had a difficult past or maybe hadn't hit the heights or maybe had and has and since dived off a, off a cliff, which is why they're yeah. available, you would think Bielsa has got it in him. Um, and, and, and I think that the fact that, I think whilst Victor Orta is the director of football, he will have a big say on transfer targets, as the Skybar conversation would, would almost certainly suggest. Yeah. Bielsa will have a say on these players, as he did with Daniel James. We all saw the video clips on, on his desktop of Daniel we did. James. We did. He's talked himself about talking to Victor about Daniel James. He's been very public about that. Mm. So you, you have to feel that even if it's Victor bringing in a play you don't, you don't really sort of rate or you've got worries about, it's also going to be a player that Marcelo wants, and I think yeah. a lot of us can put a lot of faith in, in Marcelo's eye for a player. Exactly. It's, it's and it, knowing the way he wants to play and the, the attributes mm. an incoming player needs to have. That's it, isn't it? It's, and, you know, we, we've seen what Bielsa has done with this Leeds United squad. You know, how many of them had the best season of their career? Um, you know, players with, with several campaigns under their belt played their best football ever last year. So, yeah, got to trust Bielsa there, I think. Martin Parkinson yeah. wants to see Jack Harrison play for Leeds United on a permanent deal next season. Interesting. So um, there was some talk going round that um, City had slapped a twenty million pound price tag on Harrison earlier this week. 
which is a bit laughable, really. I think that's um, you know that's that's silly, silly money, really. Um, for what it's worth, I think Harrison um, he didn't set the world to light, but he had a really solid end to the season. We had that um, that beautiful pass against Derby for the uh, Pride Park for the assist for Roos goal. One of that was probably his highlight in the lead shirt. Mm. Um, but you don't want to, again. We, we spoke about sort of scapegoating um, Gaetano Berardi for, for what we last saw. You don't want to go the other way with Harrison. You don't want to ignore the yeah. body of evidence over over the whole season. Um, I think he'd be a useful player, but if you're talking anywhere near 20 million, even half that, uh, oh, no, no, no chance. Yeah, exactly. I think he's he's a yeah. Even in today's market, you don't want to be spending more than five or six million there. You've made the point, Joe, as well, that, that, that we have to have some kind of continuity and we, and we have to look at this squad as nearly a finished article and just need some tweaks. And I think most people would agree the first area to tweak would be left wing. Mm. I mean, if, if you're looking yeah. at those 11 players, that the, the 11 most regular starters, left wing, I would argue, is, is the first place yeah. people would correct or improve. Yeah, I think I everybody think so. else, I mean, even Alioski when he's fit, I'm a big Alioski Doubter, pessimist. You're a um, skeptic, aren't you? So I think even he did better at left back than Harrison did at left wing, and I think I think that left wing slot, as the Dan James rumours would suggest, is possibly the first place where you would look to to improve things. So going back in for Jack mm. Harrison does feel very much like you're standing still. Yeah, I think so. Um, slightly different question here, Don Smith. Any news on the commercial side of Leeds ground improvements? Um, lighting has been mentioned. You looked at that, didn't you, Barry? Yes. That's one of your stories, the, uh, the plan for additional floodlights. Yeah, so but, there, yeah. Was, um, there was a, an official planning application that went in in the spring. I can't recall the date, but it was sort of before the end of the, the current season, uh, regular season. So um, it doesn't look like there's going to be any issues with that. There's been no, um, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Any, um, not anti-comments, but... Um, Objections. Yeah. There's not been any objections from the formal bodies that have to correct planning or have to, to validate planning applications. So it sounds like that should go ahead all being well, unless there's going to be any, any massive change in funding. So there's going to be two huge 40-foot-high um, um, floodlights um, stuck sort of at either end of the west end, so in the, sort of in the, in the southwest corner and the northwest corner um, sort of over the back of the stand and actually coming over the top and sort of just shining off the pitch if you want pictures go and look at Turf Moor Burnley went through the same company to have their floodlights put in and um, you can see some quite quite nifty pictures of how, of how they will look at Ellen Road so the planning application of course did ham up the, the Premier League angle um, almost certainly to sort of keep the councillors on side and to, um, to help push through this, uh, this planning Application because of course the whole city wants to get behind the club and support the club in its pursuit of, of Premier League football. So um, there's been nothing to suggest that now won't go ahead. Of course, just because they get planning approval doesn't mean they have to go ahead with it immediately. Yeah. I think that you get three to five years before the permission expires. So there is a, a window with which to, to push that through, depending on when they have the capital to do it. I say, which could be relying on Premier League money, you'd have thought. You, you've, we, we heard a sniff, didn't we, that, um, that maybe there will still be still some sort of off-the-pitch improvements that will be made at Ellen Road, regardless of Premier League football. Yeah, I think they certainly probably had a, a list of improvements they were going to do for the Premier League and probably a Immediate smaller list yeah. of ones they weren't do. Um, Rumours that we might get some improved media facilities next year, so we're going to cross our fingers there. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know if we do. Um, Another interesting one here, Nigel Wood. How much do you think Bamford's early injury affected the rest of his season, fitness, sharpness, etc.? I mean, that's that's interesting, isn't it? Because Bamford again was one of these players. Certainly had um, a section of the fan base on his back at times. Um, was guilty of missing a fair few chances. Got his suspension at the end of the season. So you know he, he was taking quite a few knocks. And I think there's, there's something in that, Nigel, because that first injury he got, he compared it to um, a car crash, didn't he? He said it's the yeah. kind of injury you get when you have a car crash and, and your knee sort of bangs against, you know, you know the dashboard or, or you know, the, the, the steering wheel or whatever. And um, obviously he, he came back, had a spell on the team and went out again with another knee injury. And he's, yeah, he didn't really have much of a chance to get a sustained run of games together. Yeah. And... Goals did flow in certain points of the season, didn't they? Um, Came back a bottle away. Yeah, yeah, the bottle away. Great finish. That's Lovely exactly what, what you know they paid the money for. Um, yeah, I, I think 
I mean, we'll, we're going to bring you the results of our keep or sell um, post soon, aren't we? I think Bamford's certainly one of those players where the jury is out amongst you fans. Um, I don't know if you've got it there, Barry, if we want to I reveal. Do. 57. 57% say keep. Um, so, yeah, so the majority do, do want to keep the faith, and I think that's probably right. I think, I mean, they've spent £7 million on him, you know, he's got a decent contract, so you can't just be getting rid of him willy nilly. You know, this, this kind of short termism is, gets football clubs into trouble, you know, because if you sold them now, it'd be a loss. Um, and yeah, I, I like to think, yeah, if you can get a full pre season under his belt, um, he can be fully fit, then he should be, you know, he's the sort of player that should be scoring 20 goals next season. Yeah, he is. Um, he's certainly somebody that um, I addressed in the keep or sell piece as, as somebody that maybe, if he was two or three years into his Leeds career and he and he'd had the season he just had, there may well have been more grounds to sell him. But as it is, as Joe said there, you, you've got to be realistic. This is a guy that spent seven million pounds on the biggest transfer fee in, in how many years since Fowler? Um, yeah, since Fowler the Premier League. So. Since Robbie Fowler, yeah. so they've, they've put a serious amount of money into this guy. He's an investment that you have to hope will pay off in the long term. Yeah. Leeds, especially, are not in, not in a situation where they can just buy and sell players at a loss every year. You know, you can't just keep spending ten million and, and then selling players for five or six. You know, yeah. it's just it's just not a business model the club can afford to follow. So, you know, it's almost like you're pot committed with Bamford now. You're, you're almost all in on Bamford, and you have to stick by him. You have to stand by him. You have to remember that his career would suggest that he does get it right more often than not at this level. And yeah, I think. Um, while some people will say it's too simplistic, it's too easy, it's too lazy to blame on the injuries, you have to point to that. And in the situation yeah. you're in where you have to stick by a player, you have to say, look to the positives and say, when he did play, when he did get a run of games together, there was a glut of goals. Um, I think I worked out um, it was 10 from 23, I want to say, in total. Yeah. Um, but there was five in seven from early February to early March. Um, so he did step up when, when the mm. games came thick and fast and he got a bit of a run in the side so whilst I know again like Joe says playoffs are stinging still and we want, we want to almost punish somebody yeah, we want to sort of punish some of the players that let us down and, and kick them out of the club and move on and, and then send them down the road but that's just not the yeah. way it works we have to remember that a lot of these players got us to where we are now and like Joe says even if you were to go and force the sale Clubs are going to know you're forcing it. Clubs are going to know you're desperate to sell, and they will not give you as much as you spent 12 months ago. So we are, we are. Um, maybe at this stage, fans would say stuck with him, but I think you have to look on the positive side of it and say, if you go into next season with a fit roof and Bamford, and we can't predict the future, but if they remain injury-free, that's a cracking front line, or at least a cracking first choice and second choice to have, because when they're fit, that's a really tough decision for Bielsa. When they're fit. Um, nobody would disagree that Roof had a better season and the results of our poll show that Roof, his mm. stock is very, very high at the moment. And I would imagine a lot of people would probably rather have Roof than Dwight Gale, um, given, given how, how high his stock is and, and what you get value for money-wise. Mm. So Roof will, will almost certainly get a new contract this summer. So that will, I mean, <laughs> interesting on this, I mean, Roof is going to be banging on the door saying, I want as much as Bamford's getting. Yeah, and I think he's probably got every right to, hasn't yeah. he? Um, yeah, that's no, no one's mentioned Reef's contract, but that's, one to that. that's one of the, the off-season's big sort of narratives that I think we're going to hear plenty of. Um, he's obviously got going now into the last year of his, his deal at Ellen Road. Um, the club sort of parked these, these contract talks until they knew what division they'd be playing in. Um, and obviously now it's sort of contract offer B that's going to be coming his way, not contract offer mm. A. Um, so yeah, it remains to be seen what happens there. I mean, if they're unable to come to any sort of agreement, you know, perhaps Ruth's the one that's sold to make this money, you know, but that's, well, I mean, we're projecting there. Obviously, don't know how, how the talks are going. Um, right, we better do a couple more then wrap up, Aaron, haven't we? Um, let's have a look. Martin Parkinson, Leeds should sign Billy Sharp back and Delph back to Leeds. Yeah, I don't think Fabian Delph's coming back to Leeds in a hurry. Uh, perhaps one day in the Premier League, but his wages uh, certainly would prohibit that right now. Love to see it, yes, but I don't think anyone in their wildest dreams could, could be expecting that to happen. Um, let's have a look. Kiko Xia, Matt Gardner again. Hiya, Matt. You've asked about Kiko Xia, reckon he's toast, he says. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Baron? It's similar to, to Bamford. Mm. Um, at this, in this day and age, I'm going to repeat myself a lot. Yeah, but yeah I mean, see, see what I just said about Bamford. Yeah. 
but even more extreme, we're only, I mean, we're not even six months, he's, he's been here four months, basically, mm -hmm. um, into a very long contract, four and a half years. Four and a half years he's got, yeah. And again, for a goalkeeper, he should be at the peak of his powers, and he is on a lot of money as well. You do not get a free signing from Real Madrid without a hefty signing on fee yeah. slash salary. So, again, there's not many clubs queuing up for Kiko Garcia. I'm sure his agent would find a way to get him back to Spain if, if, if they really were forcing this. But again, I mean, you're only going to force him on at their terms, not your own. Um, after after this many years, you can't you can't force him out that quickly. You know, you can't judge him this quickly. I mean, again, it's a very easy and convenient example that David de Gea had a very very choppy first year over the road at Old, at Old Trafford, and he became the best goalkeeper in the world for a few years and was very much keeping Manchester United in the top six single-handedly. So. Um, Let's give him a full pre-season, let's give him a full year and I think, review in 12 months' time. I think the pre-season's the key. Obviously, we, we saw in the last few weeks, um, I'm thinking the Ipswich game, the Derby game, the, the two sort of errors that, that spring out yeah, yeah. And that's that's these lack of communications with with his defenders, first with Ailing, then with Cooper, wasn't it? Mm. These, you'd like to think, are the sort of things, problems that Bielsa can spot and using his experience will be able to, to sort out. You know, The communication will improve. You know, Kiko's English will get better. He'll get a better understanding um, playing with him. You know, we know what Bielsa preseason is like. They're going to get to know each other very well. <laughs> there's, there's not going to be many uh, many hours spent at home, and I think it's a fixable problem. You know, he's, you can imagine them drilling that situation yeah. where they practice balls yeah. over the top. Yeah, where, li where Liam gets them, where Kiko because, gets them. you know, if we don't see whoever leads play on the first opening weekend of the season, if we we don't see them putting balls over the top into that area I'll be very surprised you know people will think they've seen a blueprint of how to, to get to him yeah. so Draw the keeper out. yeah so that's going to be one of these um, it's going to be something they work on and you know we, we know how meticulous Marcelo Bielsa is you know he, he won't let this stone go stone go unturned will he so um, yeah I'm looking forward to, to a good season of uh, pre-season of, of Kiko and then uh, really getting integrated into this team properly in the uh, when it all starts again in August, which uh, we've got two months, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what we are, it's late May now. Um, yeah, so what we've got coming up, let's project for the next um, couple of weeks. So we've got decision, decision day on Bielsa will be within the next week. You would think that once that is tied up, mm. a lot of things then start falling into place. I would imagine yeah. one or two of the players may well be less interested in signing on a new deal if Bielsa isn't here. I would yeah. imagine agents and players will be saying look you know Bielsa's not going to stay and I want to know which manager you're going to get before I commit my future to the club um, so I, th I think once Bielsa is sorted which we believe he will be for those still asking that question we, we are still very much in there he will stay camp so once that's sorted you would think then we may start getting a bit of contract news so the obvious ones that stand yeah. out Calvin has still got two years on his deal but um, it's probably something they want to sort this summer isn't it but given yeah. Given how impressive he's been, they may well, may well want to make him one of the better play players in the squad to ensure that he feels valued and that, that, that he ward off any potential interest. Yeah. Kamar Roof is the obvious one. He has he is now into the final 12 months. Is Mateusz Klick as well? He's got another option, which has I think the club have. So they can, they can, they can, they can chuck another year on it. Bailey's got um, one year. Uh, possibly, or is it two? There's not too many with one year left. It's, I know Bailey was, yeah, was, was certainly yeah. in, the, in the camp of contracts they wanted to get sorted out because of his, yeah. his sort of rising importance. He's probably on an outdated contract. So that, we so may well see a bit of contract news throughout May, um, um, but of course, most decision makers, most players, most, most managers are around the world on holiday, so mm -hmm. things are generally going to be a little bit slower. That was always Ken Bates' excuse back in the day <laughs> as to why he wouldn't get any transfers done, and then. Yeah. But then it just went on and on and on until the, till the end of the summer. Um, so, generally, June will probably follow the same suit. We've got a key date coming up on the 20th of June, which is the Championship fixture release day. So that's the Thursday morning at 9 o'clock. Um, Another reminder when we're going to Luton away. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out who Leeds will be playing on the opening weekend of the season. Um, I imagine we'll talk to you live that day on Facebook. Um, obviously, the transfer window is already open, so no, no grand opening day there. And then I guess we're waiting for the pre-season games, really. Um, July 1st is traditionally when, when clubs start bringing their players back in for pre-season. Yeah. So we will see, we will start seeing training pictures. We'll have the, again, assuming it's Bielsa, we'll see the, the, the classic sorting of the wheat from the chaff. There will be two or yeah. three different groups of players that, that are pictured at Thorpe Arch. There'll be the 
guaranteed first teamers, the halfway houses, and the twenty threes. So you would, you would think we'll get hopefully get a few um, a few decent pictures like that from preseason, and, yeah. and then of course, like Joe says, we're by then we'll probably know the fixtures, and then we'll actually be looking yeah. at when they're playing them. Like we say. July 17th is the Manchester United friendly, so you would think they'll be flying out to Australia maybe 14th or 15th if they're yeah. going to get, because it's a 24 hour flight and of course they're ahead, so you're, you're losing. You lose a day, don't you? You're losing a lot of time just flying yeah. out there, so you would think they'll, they'll take a day or two just to get um, acclimatised. Yeah, that's um, right word. And then they've got um, the second friendly on the 19th, and depending if they have a third or not, you thought they'd be back in the UK by before the last week of July. Yeah. Because of course we're, we're then fast approaching the, the beginning of another championship odyssey. Yeah, yeah, there'll there'll no doubt be some domestic um, pre-season games, as you say. I dare say there'll be some sort of eleven at Harrogate Town, perhaps. There'll be maybe yeah. York, the usual ones that we do, Geisley. You would think the twenty threes won't then, fly to Australia, so you would think they may yeah. well they will have a have games back exclusively here exclusively yeah. domestic calendar. And then uh, obviously it's it's tradition really recently that Leeds have sort of a big one at Ellen Road the, the week before the season starts last Palmas last year obviously last Saturday in July yeah, yeah they've uh, had Blackburn before previously uh, the glamour yeah the glamour remember that one um, so yeah so a lot to look forward to um, we're going to go now because we've been rabbiting on far too long um, neglecting the website but neglecting <laughs> lunch I need to have some lunch yeah exactly so um yeah, we'll, we'll do these chats with you regularly throughout the, uh, the summer. Um, There's been clearly a great uptake for them. Yeah. Thank you for everybody that's been, that's been sat there watching patiently. Hopefully uh, it's made some sense, or at least mm. sort of offered some, some counsel. Yeah. It's, um, I know it's, it's, it's good to talk, and people love just, <laughs> just having a sounding board, don't that's they? That's it, that's it, yeah. And as ever with Leeds, loads to talk about. So stay tuned to the website. We'll, uh, we'll have all, obviously, the latest on else's future as soon as we find out anything. That'll be up there. I might take my time for next time. Yeah, I do have a note, yeah. Getting a little, we'll, bit, we'll... Getting a little bit of... A little bit of uh, Tension for the time. Exactly, yeah, you know, so dressed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so thanks for stopping by everyone and we will uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Cheers.